Good morning and happy Monday! I'm Monica Wofford and this is your Monday Moment. It's all about why leadership is not the real reason. When the chips are down, pundits love to blame leadership, or the lack thereof actually, for poor outcomes and lackluster results. Yet, whether we're talking billion-dollar write-offs by corporate leaders at Microsoft, presidential seats like the one newly filled in Nigeria, or the sports scandal that has resulted in FIFA's desire for a new leader, leadership is rarely the real reason troubles occur. Leaders may be seen as scapegoats, or the ones left holding the bag, or the ones who claim to hold all the cards, but the very essence of leadership is about leading others, not going it alone. So unless leaders make decisions while sitting behind the closed door of a small dark closet with no internet connection, chances are their results and mishaps came from one of three other likely missing traits. One option might be accountability went missing consistently. Now, let's look at this. If a company the size of Microsoft were led solely by one man or one woman, sure, their decisions that led to a $7.6 billion write-off or disengagement in the phone market would have been and still may be a terminable instead of turnaround offense. Who writes off multiple billions of dollars? Even a larger looming question is who was holding people accountable when the tally had only six digits? There are likely details that we'll never know. But what becomes obvious and starts to show is that someone didn't do their homework about Nokia's strategy. Maybe someone didn't do what they said they would in reference to turning around an already failing brand. Maybe one of the impending nearly 8,000 laid off were not held accountable instead of just being caught up in the mess. Well, this acquisition that is now leading to layoffs and write-offs was predicted to be a failure, it's equally predictable that if a leader does not hold fellow leaders, team members, and frontline employees to the old adage of being true to their word, that same leader will receive blame and likely be given a severance and left to do the very same thing somewhere else all over again. So sad, but often so true. Who do you need to hold accountable that you've looked at with a blind eye or let their performance deviances slip by? The second option of what could go wrong are expectations went wrong way too long. Now the words wealthiest nation in Africa are not ones someone who doesn't live there would typically associate with Nigeria. Uh, Then again, this is the home of so many deceased millionaires who want to send you their fortune with no next of kin via email. (laughs) Kidding aside, the newly elected president, Buhari, was sworn in last Friday. 
All articles indicate expectations are very, very high. Despite equally emphasized challenges of endemic corruption, economic struggles, and terrorist threats. Now, wait a minute. The expectations are high that the people of Nigeria will be, and I quote, mature, and that the new president will turn around decades of deception and a struggling economy in the quote unquote wealthiest nation. Huh. A closer inspection here might suggest that the expectations are a teeny bit out of alignment with what economists would call reality. Are yours? You may not lead a nation, but are you expecting an inexperienced team to execute your plan flawlessly and catch the things that even you didn't when you first took on the task? Do you expect your boss or boss's boss to see the good things you did even if revenue shows a colossal loss? Our expectations create blame and eliminate the ability for us to see real solutions. Just because you expect someone to do something doesn't give you the right to then get mad when they don't. It's you who had the expectation. Were they wrong, never realigned? And have you simply insisted adherence to unrealistic ones for too long? The third option that's often fair blame, is consequences failed to appear for real. Blogs and forums and sports circles in Europe certainly are abound with discussion about Sepp's supposed step down. On one side, he claims no responsibility for the corruption at play. On another, casual and more even rabid fans point out that a leader in his role for a decade and a half who's committed half a dozen acts of ignorance apparently every season could not have been blind to what was going on around him. The trick here is there are no consequences for real. No matter one's ethical stance, corruption in some countries is the way of the economy. That aside, is the blame really appropriately aimed at this one guy? Who else was complicit? Who looked the other way? Who ran the committee for checks and balances or let the president's role get so out of control in this way? Human behavior exists for two, maybe three, reasons. Number one, there's no immediate consequence for behaving that way, so it will continue. Number two, there's no reward for making a behavioral change, so it will continue. And number three, the behavior has become a habit. So it will continue with no awareness. In your organization, hopefully less corrupt than is referred to here, what consequences come into play immediately upon an employee's or leader's behavior showing a deviation? Now, one could argue that keeping employees accountable aligning your expectations, and doling out appropriate consequences is essential or included or even understood in the role of a leader. You'd have no argument from me there. But where I differ in the blame game is in areas where personal responsibility or organizational culture are clearly missing 
and or prohibitive. Where I differ in the blame game is when one person is repeatedly blamed, but the problems remain the same. I'm Monica Wofford, and that's your Monday Moment. Have a great week, an even better Monday, and of course, stay contagious.